Welcome to the Sand Hills Media Ministry. We hope this production encourages and challenges you to live a more Christ-centered life. That is awesome. Thank you so much. It's good to see your all's kids up there. It's beautiful. Uh, now, if I could just get the adults to all join me over here. We're going <laughs> to just come on. That way. Some of you want to do it, I know. Uh, Well, Merry Christmas again. I love Christmas. I truly love Christmas. Uh, I just got back from Salisbury, uh, North Carolina, uh, where my dad is staying uh, in a place up there. And so we gathered, and uh, my very cool family got together. We're all able to celebrate Christmas together up there. Uh, I got these cool Christmas socks with Olaf on there. That was fun for me. Do you want to build a snowman? Well, you live in Columbia, so that's not going to happen. But... I love uh, Christmas, and I love Christmas for all, I think, all the right stuff. Um, And if I were to ask you what Christmas is really all about, just like we did with our children, uh, we know what Christmas is really all about. It's about the presents. Uh, that's That's what it's all about. It's not about Santa. It's not about music. It's not about parties. It's not about good food. Uh, It's not even about being with our families. Uh, It's about the the gifts. It's all about the gifts. Uh, I actually do think it's about the gifts. Uh, So let me unpack that. I know we're at church, so you expect something, and you should. Uh, But there's a reason you go to church at Christmas during the Christmas season, Christmas Eve, or really even in general, uh, because God also knows that this season is all about the gifts or about the gift, because the true meaning of Christmas, of course, is a person. Is a person given to us by the Lord. But here's the better question. And this is something we talked about yesterday when we were celebrating with my family. What, this idea that we exchange gifts, and it's fun to exchange gifts, and we sing these songs, and we love being together, and we eat more food than we should, and then we'll say we're going to diet in January, and we'll just see how that works out. But the truth is we exchange gifts because... God gave us a tremendous gift. And so that's why we exchange gifts. And we want to make sure that we don't lose sight of that. Um, But then here's the better question. Why then do you need the gift? Why do you need the gift of Jesus given to you? Uh, And that's because we have a problem. He solves our biggest problem of all time. Last week we talked about this. So God creates uh, the world. He puts uh, Adam and Eve in this uh, paradise garden. They're naked. They're happy. They're running around. And then they they ruined it. They ruined, they broke God's world and uh, everything was great until then. And so because of that, because of our rebellion against God, we have incurred a debt with God. And that debt is a debt of judgment. And that is if we die with this debt on our account, we are going to be in big trouble with God. And we know that when you disobey your parents, you get in big trouble, right? Parents say to your children, When you disobey your parents, you get in big trouble. Amen. We know that. So the the debt we owe God is so huge, nobody can pay it. It's like God saying to us, if you want to be right with me, you have to give me a trillion billion dollars and a puppy. And your immediate response is like, oh, my goodness, where am I going to find a puppy? Uh, no, I mean, like there's no way there's such a crazy amount of money. Who could ever pay you that? Well, what, though, if I told you there's this guy who likes to give out these prepaid cards and these prepaid cards are worth a trillion billion dollars? <laughs> like you can be right with God if you'll connect with this guy. 
So our debt is what the Bible calls sin, and sin is any thought or action that is counter to God's will. And so, of course, we're all guilty of sin. The great thing about the Bible story, and I hope you do the Bible story with your families, uh, and I know not every family has a family that's all in on the Bible story, so I get that. Uh, But at least, hopefully, in your immediate family, you can do this. So when you read the Bible story, primarily, you'll probably be in Matthew or Luke. Those are the two main places that will be today. But if you have your Bible handy right now, go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, and let's go to verse 18. And there's so many wonderful things in the midst of the, the Christmas story. And I don't want them to be just like, well, it's Christmas, so we talk. Like, this is remarkable stuff that God has done. And so I don't want your familiarity with it um, to be something where you just start to take lightly these amazing things God has done. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So the great thing about this kid that was going to be born to us was that whole thing that he will save his people from their sins. And you're like, oh my goodness, how could he do that? Like if our sins are a trillion billion dollars, like how could this kid do that? Only God's got that kind of money. And then you're like, oh, but what's that other name? Emmanuel, God with us. This is God in the flesh. He has that kind of money. He can, he can buy us off with God, so to speak. Uh, so God knew that we were going to struggle with this whole thing. He did. And this is why the whole world struggles to this day. But, but God did something special for us in that, unlike any other religion in the world. He gave us prophecies hundreds of years before they were f- fulfilled that let us know that Jesus literally was the the gift God was going to give us. He was the one. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. One of the problems, though, coming into the Christmas story, if you're not familiar with it, is amidst all of the prophecies, one of them stands out in that we knew, they knew, that Jesus was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. That's where he's supposed to be. But at the time of Mary's pregnancy, she is in Galilee. (laughs) She is a long way from where she is supposed to be. Which now takes us to the book of Luke. So if you have your Bible still handy, go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And we will tie in a little bit to the story the children just heard. I just won't have you go through all the motions. Uh, Luke cha- I know, don't be sad. Luke chapter 2. All right. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, 
because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. All right, so this idea then is that they're in the wrong place, but God, and oh, I mean, just he is amazing in the way he puts life together. He's connected all these dots so that Joseph and Mary will end up at exactly the right time in exactly the right place. Uh, so we're introduced to this guy, Caesar Augustus. Uh, Caesar's just a title. Uh, you can think of him as like King Augustus. We know exactly when he reigned. History records that for us. We also know that under his reign that there was peace generally in the Roman Empire. But because there was peace and he wanted to continue to expand it, he needed money. And if you need money as a ruler, you need to know how many people you can tax, which is why they did a census, <laughs> which is why we do a census here in our country. So uh, he counted the noses and Everybody had to go to their hometown to register. That's why he's there. Normally, women didn't have to go to this. It was just the men that would go to register. Uh, but in this case, since she was pregnant and due to give birth very soon, uh, he went with her or she went with him so that they could take care of the child together. So now here we are. Uh, they're in the right place at the right time, verses 6 and 7. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And so this is how you know this was written by a guy. Because it's like, she was pregnant, she gave birth, they moved on. Right? You're like, that is not how women would record that information. Like, we already know that. Like, and I know this. I learned this early in ministry. Like, somebody would have a baby, and I would call my wife, and I would tell her, hey, the so-and-so's had a baby. And then she had a list of questions that she would go through right after that. Now, I wasn't prepared for that in the early days. I was like, they had a baby. She's like, what would the baby weigh? I was like, why would I know that? Like, I didn't, would I ask them, what is your baby? I, I, it weighed what a baby weighs. I don't What do they normally weigh? 30 pounds? I don't know. What do they come out as? Um... <laughs> And so uh, now I'm much sharper, much sharper. But at the day, I didn't know. Uh, but clearly Luke wrote this. He's a dude. Uh, she gave birth. It was great. Kid's here. He's fine. So he moves on with the story. Uh, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So this is, this is wild stuff going on here. One of the things I think people get confused about is that somehow people in the, in the past were much more simple than we were or, or weren't as sharp in many ways. But the truth is, those who preceded us still had the same kinds of things in their life. Um, the only thing we have is we have a little bit of history between us and them, and so maybe we have learned a few more things about how the world works. Uh, but they weren't more simple when it comes to how life works. There was a Greek philosopher from the first century, Epictetus. Epictetus wrote this. While the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace of heart, for which man yearns more than even for outward peace. So even a couple of thousand years ago, and even before that, people wrestled with the meaning of life. What is it really all about? What am I really living for? And people at times were unhappy, they were broken, they were sad, they were empty. And I think one of the things that you realize the further you go along in life is that there's just more of that in life than you had thought there was when you were younger. Um, and when we in enter Christmas here, as we're at Christmas, 
Not everybody's having a great Christmas. There's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives. That's just a reality. And so at some point, we're all asking, is this all there is? And fortunately, the answer is no. There, there's something far better that awaits us. But before we can get there, we have to solve this debt problem that we have with God. And thus, the angels appear. Now, we already know angels have appeared. Angels have appeared uh, previously to uh, Zechariah. They have uh, appeared to uh, Joseph in the dream, uh, appeared to Mary to tell her that she was going to have a child, and now they appear to shepherds. So why, why the shepherds? Why the shepherds? Here's what I love about shepherds. Shepherds are just normal dudes. They're, they're just, just nine to five, blue-collar guys working their jobs. And there's this thought, I think, where God is trying to say to us, like, I care about everybody not just the, the rich and the famous and the beautiful, which many of you are, right? Uh, but for the common folk like me, like even Jesus is for us. He comes for just the regular people. And so this angel appears. And let alone what a weird thing that would be, it's about to get even weirder. So after he tells them this remarkable sign they're going to find, verse 13, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, it's already weird enough when an angel shows up. I mean, I don't really know this. I've never seen an angel face to face. I'll be honest. I don't want to. Uh, that's just going to throw my day completely. So uh, I, don't even, I don't even want it so I can write a book about it or get a lot of sermons out of it. I, like, I'll just wait. I don't even want to be scared like that. But to have these shepherds who are out there having a conversation with one angel, and in my mind, I tend to picture them as kind of flying kind of thing, but like it didn't really say, I mean, like the angel could have just walked up like, hey, dudes, I'm an angel. And so they're talking to him, and then suddenly... And again, I don't know if they pop up like they're all in the sky, but like thousands, tens of thousands, whatever it is, all these angels show up. And one of the things I'm reminded of is that there's been something going on behind the scenes that we were unaware of, and that is the angels were also very excited about the birth of Christ on earth. Like they knew him in heaven, and then like this plan's coming down, and then they're there when this whole thing unfolds. There's a cool behind the scenes heaven thing happening here too. So they're also pumped, and they're singing the praises of God as it happens. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So you have this beautiful moment where the biggest answer to the biggest question finally came to light. That is, how do we solve this debt we have with God? And now we know we have this, this baby, the trillion billion dollar baby who came to earth to satisfy our biggest problem with God. And not just so that we could go to heaven, but so that we could know him right now to have fellowship with our creator as we live this life, yet now with meaning. Let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for this reminder today. Lord, we celebrate the Christ not just the baby, <laughs> the one who was on the cross, the one who resurrected from the tomb, the one who sits at the right hand of God. We celebrate the Christ, the Messiah, our Savior. 
Lord, may it be that this day we embrace well what you have done for us. And then as we have moments with our own families, may we introduce them to the wonderful good news of the Savior who has come to rescue all of us. Jesus, thank you for this day and the celebration of your birth in your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. So now as we go to closing our service out, I'm going to ask you to pull your candles out. You're going to turn the base of the candle until it comes on. We're going to bring down the lights a little bit, and then we will sing worship to our Lord. <laughs>